0: What if you could learn from physical product entrepreneurs that have risen up from the trenches to dominating their market by creating successful physical product brands? Well, this podcast is hosted by me, Conway Campbell, and it's about breaking the mold to becoming a smarter, savvier, and better product entrepreneur. You'll discover how to take physical products from concept through launch and to scaling up from physical product entrepreneurs who've taken their revolutionary ideas to 1 million, 10 million, and 50 million plus in revenue businesses. You'll also join me in my journey to build a million dollar physical product brand business in a year, where we both will learn about crowdfunding, selling to retail chains, launching through marketplaces like Amazon, Strategic partnerships, publicity, celebrity endorsements, and selling direct to consumers. So, if you're creating or building a brand in the consumer package food space, in fashion and apparel, business products, or any physical product niche, listen in because we have you covered. Join the fast track to physical product business success. This is the Physical Product Business Podcast. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling welcome to the physical product business podcast and you know this is a spin-off of the 2x e-commerce podcast because basically i had i was doing lots of marketing as well as entrepreneurship on the 2x e-commerce podcast i've decided the physical product business podcast would be a podcast purely for entrepreneurs people who really want to launch businesses around physical products and um, looking for guidance from proven entrepreneurs. And speaking of proven entrepreneurs, I have with me Kevin King. He is going to bring out a lot of knowledge from his experience with Amazon and how he does seven figures with absolutely no employees. I'm not going to say too much, but I just want to introduce you all to, to Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the show.
1: Great. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here.
0: Fantastic. Could you take a minute or less to introduce yourself and, you know, tell us why, why you're here, you know, what's brought you to to, to being an Amazon entrepreneur, please?
1: Um, sure. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Um, so I've been doing e-commerce and direct response in the old days by mail. I've been, uh, you know, sending out direct mail, and been doing e-commerce since I think my first store was 1996, Um, we started selling online, so I've I've been doing it for quite a while with my own websites, my own businesses, and uh, I've always sold on Amazon uh, as a, you know, more as as a hobby, kind of, for several years, but then when this FBA uh, kind of selling method started blowing up uh, not too long ago, I decided to give that a shot, so I've been... uh, I've been selling the FBA since about a year and a half now. Um, where I'm doing the private label uh, and actually developing my own products from scratch, as well as finding stuff in China and the U.S. and repackage them in such a way or improving the product uh, and and selling that. So I've got five brands uh, that I in five different categories uh, on Amazon right now.
0: Okay, have you got a single store or have you split it across five different stores?
1: Uh, I have everything under one account right now. So, every, but there's five different brands, five different brand registries uh, for for all those. Um, I probably it should have done it in five separate ones. It would make it easier to sell it down down the way if I wanted to spend one of those off and sell it. Uh, but I just didn't want any trouble with you know Amazon doesn't really like you having separate sure, accounts and right. uh, you know you can get approval uh, and they'll give you maybe a second one or a third one if you got good reason. But I just. I decided to lump them all in and uh, I'll take my chances on what happens down the road.
0: Fantastic. So how are you doing revenue-wise on Amazon?
1: Right This year we'll do on Amazon about, I'll probably hit one and a half to 1.8 uh, million uh, on Amazon this year. Um, that's Amazon US only and then I've, I've got other channels that do additional. My My goal is to hit that and that's with nine products. Uh, and two of those don't really do very well. Don't really contribute much to the bottom line at all. Um, Ten dollars a day. Okay. Two. Uh, no, I've got nine products, oh, okay. nine Sorry. SKUs, okay. in the five, and I'm, I'm introducing additional ones.
0: Okay. One of the
1: reasons I d- I did the five different brands when I launched because. Because I do have a background in this, and I've dealt with China and dealt with sourcing overseas, so none of that scares me. A lot of people are afraid to wire five grand over to China, what's going to happen to their money. Um, So I've been doing that for a while, and so I decided to dive in, and I wanted to figure out what works and what doesn't, because each category is slightly different, and there's different pieces and different ways to market it and stuff. So I've learned quite a bit. I'll probably be discontinuing one of those brands. Okay. uh, and maybe two of them and focusing on three but I did that to spread my risk into you know if one goes down or one has an issue I'm, I'm still up and running with the others.
0: Okay okay I want to talk about not many shows talk about this but I want to talk about capital um, lots of shows you know would focus on the successes and you know the marketing and all you know you're, you're running so in one and a half years you've you you pretty much managed to do over a million dollars in revenue from nine SKUs and five brands. What kind of capital got you fired up? What what cap- kind of capital did you put in uh, at the start um, and up until now? How much of your money have you put into your Amazon FBA business?
1: I mean, right now, one of the things, like you said, nobody ever really talks about the money. Everybody always paints paints the, uh, sh- the shiny object that, look how much I'm making, and you see screenshots out there, and some guy's making a million dollars a year, and you're like, damn, that could be me. But what you don't know is, what's he putting in his pocket? That's what the number says on- online. How many of those were promos? How many of those, because on Amazon, those sales figures include full price for promos. So this guy may be giving away 100 a day just to sell 10, or, or, or you know whatever it may be. So I want to know, it's not what... Not what you gross, it's what you put in your pocket. And that's what nobody really talks about, and no really, no one really opens up. You hear people say, I got 40%, 50% profit margins. I think most of those are bullshit. Um, I mean, occasionally you might hit something like that, but they're not factoring everything in. They're not factoring in their returns. They're not factoring in their advertising costs. They're not factoring in their warehousing and storage fees. They're just looking at it as a pure and simple cost of goods sold versus what they're, re- they're selling it for. So when you get down to the nuts and bolts, In my experience, and in dealing with a lot of other successful sellers, you're ranging between 15 and 30 percent, depending on the product. Net bottom line net that you can put and now that's net. Then if you got employees or you got VAs or to pay yourself or rent for somewhere, whatever. So that's what that's your contribution margin at the end of the day that you then can take everything and pay for everything else out of. So my most of my products are in the 20 to 25 percent range. Okay. So. To, to answer your initial question what I, I did this a little differently when I started most people will go and find a product in China and stick their name on it and private label it and start with five or ten grand I started with uh, a low six figures amount uh, in this and one of the reasons it took that much is because I developed two products from scratch. And two of my five brands, rather than going over to China and saying, here's you an XYZ product, let me look at the reviews and improve it, uh, or bundle it differently, or package it differently, or whatever it may be, uh, I did that on some of those. But on these two, I literally sketched them on a napkin, or not on a napkin, on a piece of paper, hired designers on Upwork to do the CAD work. It had the custom molding made. And one of those products uh, had to do with uh, Apple computer stuff. And so it was a very expensive process where I had to order. Did you
0: get Apple approval from it?
1: I did not have any MFI on it, so I didn't have to actually get Apple approval. So it took a lot more money for to get that going. But that it, the return is also there. I mean, that product has made a lot of money. It's died off now. But
0: wow.
1: last Christmas, it was doing 15 to 20 grand a day last December. That Indeed. one product okay yeah but i had to sink six figures in to develop it with molding costs being like 40 grand prototypes you know so it was a high risk i would probably do it differently now and if i was starting i probably wouldn't there's nothing wrong with i have another product where i spent eight thousand in molds and that's a little bit more reasonable and spreads the risk i probably wouldn't do it again where i'd spend that much up front so i had a little bit to go into but but that doesn't solve the problem that gets you started but if you have a successful product i mean you can just do the numbers let's say you 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 have a you're selling you order 1000 units and you're making a 20% end of the day bottom line well if those start to sell pretty well before you sold out of those 1000 you got to get the next 1000 in sure. and so you got and depending on the product if it's going to come by air by sea that can be anywhere from a month to 3 months to get those in so you got to start spending money up front to get those in and if you're trying to live off of this or take money out, it becomes almost impossible. Totally so, if impossible. you're if you're making a 20% margin, it's going to take you you got to flip that inventory 5 times before you can actually start using your profits to actually sustain it. Yeah. So, I mean, and so you got you
0: know, so you, it takes you, some time. You absolutely know your stuff. Uh, that that's so true. You can't take money from it. It's it's like a baby and you need to let it mature you need five times over that's interesting okay
1: i um, I mean that's that's on those margins I mean if you have a better yeah. margin you know that that, that then, can be different then, then,
0: then you could turn it over a lot faster so, so yeah. right
1: now you know my bottom line on a million and a half is yeah on paper I've made you know three four hundred thousand dollar profit um mm. off of Amazon but I haven't put that much in my pocket and I've actually got loans I've had to go out you know that wasn't enough but so I've I've had to use creative financing and some of that's you know, you can go to friends and family and whoever use your own money, use credit cards. Um, but then, in some cases, like last Christmas, this product that was selling hot, um, I needed more fast, and nobody's going to give me, you know, 50 or 100 grand really exactly. quick. So I, I had to go out to one of these MC, what's called MCA, Merchant Cash Advance people, where they yep. charge you through the freaking nose uh, for, you know, you, they'll give you 50 grand, but you got to pay back 75 grand in 70 days. Uh, with daily yeah. deposits. so I just built that into the cost of goods sold so yeah. you have to look at everything on this but it, so yeah you know, it's a cash intensive business
0: yeah yeah a lot of a lot of podcasts I've listened to do not touch on on this subject on on the capital the amount of money required and I've seen like I've had people on the show who said they started they started almost from nothing and no one really wants to reveal you know how much they've put into their business so I just wanted to touch base on that okay so prior to this call we were talking about its great timing we're we're talking about this new rule from Amazon which talks about the fact that we can no longer provide incentivized um, reviews what are your thoughts on it is from, and this, I want to kind of, i like you to paint two pictures, one from like entrepreneurs with capital, serious entrepreneurs with capital, looking to make something serious out of a product business with Amazon as a springboard, potentially. And with those of us who are already in Amazon, what, what, what is the next step from your perspective?
1: Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot of people in all the Facebook groups and everything, you know, saying the sky is falling. You know, it's time to move on. They're pissed off at Amazon, whatever. But I'm applauding this move. I love it Um, because it's going to create a a bigger barrier to entry for the new people and the me-toos. And it's going to force people to actually have decent products. There's been a lot of people that have been... Entering the Amazon field, they're opportunists. There's two types of people in Amazon. There's opportunists who are after the next shiny object, and they're they're the ones buying these five thousand dollar courses and and hoping that they can make you know retire in three months and quit their day job and go sail around the Caribbean and, and make money while they're doing it. Um, those are the people that it's going to kick a lot of those people out because it's the shortcuts are being cut uh, from. From making it on Amazon the people that got in in 2012 2013 2014 doing the private label a lot of them don't know what the hell they're doing I mean they fell into it and they were right place right time and they they bought the right lottery ticket and some of those guys are are If you take away that product, they wouldn't know what to do right now. Uh, They're not business people. Then you have the people that are real entrepreneurs, that are trying to build a real business, a real brand, and are using Amazon as a launching pad. And there is no better place in the world than Amazon to use as a launching pad to get the feedback, to fine-tune your product, to get some initial sales, to get some initial customers that you can then create Facebook audiences on, and all that kind of stuff. So... The, the real entrepreneurs are, are loving this um, and so like myself um, and I think it's a good thing I think it's a really really good thing now have I used reviews yeah I've used these review groups in the past um, sometimes with success sometimes without but so because I've been selling on Amazon for over a year and a half I, and five brands I already have a good customer list on all these brands so I have ways to take those and create custom audiences on Facebook to, to get their demographic information and, see. and sometimes you'll get surprised you think it's all you know it's 50% men I, I have a dog product you know I thought it was mostly guys buying this product I uploaded I downloaded all my data from Amazon uh, and uploaded it into Facebook to create custom audiences I discovered that 85% of my buyers were women and they're you know, over 40 years old. So I'm like, holy cow, my pictures and the way I've wrote my Amazon listing is not aimed at those people. Uh, they've been buying, so I need to readjust everything on Amazon to really target that audience. So you can do a lot of stuff like that. And then i am also gone out of Amazon. I just, signed, I just started literally yesterday on Walmart.com. I mean, I got approved and my products just went live on Walmart.com, which actually... has a big barrier to entry too they're not just you can't just go sign up like you can on on amazon they they screen you they look at your seller feedback they look at your product lines on amazon they look at a lot of stuff and then to input input stuff in their system right now is not easy you have to use only can use data feeds and so it's a little more technical so do do they have an
0: fba program walmart.com or do you need they do not yourself as a merchant
1: fulfilled You have to fulfill yourself um, right now. They, they probably will introduce one because they desperately want to compete with Amazon. They have to, be. You know, problem. they've got. So yeah, so I think that's going to improve, but they're being very selective on who they yeah. take now.
0: And there's, then, I, you know, there's, I saw there's on an eBay and, of, of Walmart here in the UK called Tesco. Um, uh uh-huh. ubiquitous, they're they're, they're they're everywhere, right? Um and Tesco's have a have a similar sort of program and yeah it's it's quite difficult to 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 get in as a as a merchant sorry please please carry on so
1: so yeah so then I'm also on eBay you know I have my own e-commerce sites those don't contribute right now a whole lot of sales but I do get you know they add you know Between three and ten grand a month to the bottom line. You know, it's free, easy money. There are people that find me that way. There are people that want to use their PayPal account. They don't like Amazon for whatever reason. Um, So I've done some of that, and I'm going to be ramping that up a lot more, Um, and just diversifying because it makes me nervous to have all my eggs in one basket with Amazon. But. That you can't ignore them either, because they here in the U.S. at least, there's 60 to 70 percent of all e-commerce sales for physical products are on Amazon, um, and the U.K. and Germany are similar. And some of the other, I'm I'm branching out into Canada right now, Amazon Canada, yeah. and then I'm coming to. I've already set up my bat and everything, and my import stuff for the U.K. and Germany. Those are the next two, and so by putting getting into those other markets, you can pretty much, you know come close to doubling your sales if you do it right just just on the Amazon platform alone so i'm projecting you know next year i might hit 4 to 5 million you know once i'm fully launched in all these different marketplaces
0: through various channels yeah. exactly that 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 is the way to go you touched up on, on a lot of things in terms of like your reaction to to the changes on Amazon one was great products and the other is facebook as in getting audiences or your audience via facebook let's talk about great products how do you what's your your philosophy on 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 building out great products and um, and now with with these changes where they're going to be less me too products and on on amazon um how 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 should entrepreneurs really build out you know really good products where where, what's the foundation well that's
1: well, that's the thing that's happening is a lot of these, these people that have taken these courses and stuff, they've been taught to all source the the same kind of thing. Small light, fits in a shoebox, doesn't weigh much, doesn't cost too much, can fly over, blah, blah, blah. And like you said, there's a ton of Me Too products, and they're not differentiating the products at all. And... A lot of them are inflating their sales by by using these review services to get what I call fake reviews. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I know it. I mean, when you're giving away your product for free or for a dollar or two dollars, those reviews aren't real, and you can tell it by reading most of them. Most of them are garbage reviews. Take take some of the reviews that you've done from giveaways, and compare them. Now, if it's a top 1,000 review on Amazon, you know that you might get a good review, but the vast majority suck. And then look compare those to ones that are written by customers that paid full price and you'll notice a huge difference in your reviews um and so i think that's that's good but the me too products are you can fake your way and has shitty products and and still sell by giving them away and getting inflated reviews now the game has changed where you're going to have to have a really good product and a good product you don't have to beg for reviews you don't have to do giveaways um you I've never been one that you need a thousand reviews. There's people that teach, uh, look and see how much, you know, you're picking a product. How many reviews does your, do your competitors have? Oh, there's five of them that have a thousand reviews. You shouldn't enter that market. Uh, no, that's not true. If the market size is big enough, you know, the sales justify it, you can enter that market and take a piece. Your product will speak for itself. I mean, I have a product right now. I did some reviews in the be- or giveaways in the beginning, you know, like 25 or 30. And it's... Because that product is good, if people are passionate about your product and they love your product and you create a brand around it, they're going to want to talk about it. They're, I mean, I've got people now that are doing testimonial videos for me um, that I, some of my customers, and they love to do it. They're doing them for free. I, I sent them an email to them and said, hey, I'm looking for some testimonials. And they're like, oh, we'll do it. You know, we love your product. They'll, they'll do anything. So you got to create good products, provide good customer service. you got to you got to underpromise and over-deliver. And if you do that, it, it, that's not the shortcut way to success. That's the long-term way to success so that five years from now, you're selling your company or, or you are selling around the, on that boat around the Caribbean. It's not going to happen tomorrow. And so that's what people need to focus on is, is developing those products. And there's a lot of opportunities. People say, well, the gold rush on Amazon is over. Yeah, the gold rush is over for garlic presses and silicon barbecue gloves and face masks and that kind of stuff. But there's there's a ton of opportunity out there, especially even outside the US that hasn't been exploited yet. And if you're developing new products, find something where there's good demand. I mean, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Um, Find something where there's good demand and there's not enough people serving that demand. Or a product that's selling well, but there's a lot of negative complaints on it. Look through the reviews and see what you can improve or what you can change. That's the first thing I do when I'm looking at a new product is I go and see the top three to five sellers and I read their reviews. I, if they got 300 of them, I scroll through every page making notes. Now, not only does it help me write my own review because I see what people are saying and how to how to market it, I see patterns. And I do that the same with my current products. So my current products, every couple months, I will go through and read all my reviews. Even the ones I read six months ago, I reread them again because the customers can describe your product better than you can. They're the ones using it. You, you think you know your product, you're, it's your little baby, but other people can tell you what you think your baby's cute. But other people will say, no, that's a damn ugly baby, and so <clears throat> you, you got to go and and, and I take out of those product reviews and I I see what they're saying and I take their language. Sometimes the way they write it, they say it a lot better than I could. I'll go change my bullet points or my description or whatever based on what they say, and it gives me a lift. So it's it. This is not a hour or two a day business. This is a I work eighteen, sixteen, eighteen hours a day sometimes, Absolutely. most days. So would you
0: would you, are you do you think? you're going to go back or go down the route of actually developing product you know how you you had a mold for a product and you you know you spent 8 grand you know on on a mold you know do, do you think that's a direction of um developing you know really good products you know perhaps like 50% of the time do you, what are your thoughts on you know that detail you know where. So one thing I just picked up from what you just said was listening to your customers, both from a product development standpoint and also from from a copy standpoint. You know, knowing how to sort of structure your copy to to to, to sound very customer centric. So from that perspective, how do you think? Um, how do you think? Yeah, how, how do you think production or product development is is going to evolve with, with these changes?
1: I think there's there product development is important. I mean I don't have a problem with hijackers because nobody has that mold. I mean nobody I mean my Chinese factory may be selling out the back door, you know, somewhere in China that I don't know but I don't have problems with hijackers, and, and the product is truly different. Does it take a little bit more time and take a little bit more money and a little bit more creativity? Yes. It's not a go on Jungle Scout, find a product, find go on Alibaba, find some sellers, send over your stupid logo that you had done for $5 on Fiverr that sucks, and put it in a polybag and sell it. Those days are going to be behind us. It, um, there's still opportunity there. I mean, the other thing is you don't need a home run. Everybody thinks you they pay attention to BSR. I don't care what my BSR is. I really don't. I, and people they use these tracking services to see how their competitors are ranking. I don't care what my competitors are doing. I'm focused on me. How can I make my product the best? Serve my customers, and deliver. And so a lot, most of my products are in the BSR of. You know, I think my top one is 4,000. I have a lot, four to 10,000, 15,000, and that's a nice area to be because you're not a big target. And so. And you can de- develop new products, and I think that's a big thing that needs to happen, and more people need to do it because I think that's where the opportunity is. But at the same time, there's more risk. I mean, you got to spend time on money on a mold, and what if it doesn't sell? And, you know, you can't go buy a hundred of them off of Alibaba and test it uh, and see if there's. A, you know, you're going to have to do your homework and look at the numbers and look at the opportunity. So it, it takes more work, and that's real entrepreneurship, and and that's what's. I think it needs to shift more too, and I think you'll start seeing a little bit more of that on 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 these platforms
0: and I, I suppose that there'll also be a well a consolidation of what lots of people are doing in Kickstarter and crowdfunding with Amazon because a lot of innovation is happening on Kickstarter now, and what better place to launch your product post per you know post campaign than amazon um you know, after you've seen some success on Kickstarter. They're already doing it anyway. But do you think, you know, another way entrepreneurs can mitigate their risk, although you still need a prototype to, to launch on Kickstarter, you're not going to show them images and, and sketches, are you? You still, still well, need yeah,
1: Indiegogo lets you just show sketches, and so Indiegogo is a little more lax, but Kickstarter, you have to have real photos of the real product, so you're going to have to spend money doing the prototyping, getting it up to, I mean, I just did it, I just did a Kickstarter project, it was going to be a second generation of one of my current products, and I I spent about 20 grand, you know, having the initial uh, prototypes made, getting the pictures made, doing some Facebook advertising, and all that kind of stuff, and at the end of the day, it didn't fund on Kickstarter, it didn't make it um and however, so
0: however you could take your learnings from there and still try amazon
1: yeah, i could uh but i decided to not do that product wow because i i so i decided to scrap it and just move on i the demand was not there because my goal on is yeah i might have been able to sell some on amazon but i want to be i want to have products that are beyond amazon and if i can't sell it outside of amazon um it's not wise for me to spend, you know, a bunch more money throwing at it if, if it's a very tight little niche that's a small niche. So, um, yeah, but there is a lot of innovation going on Kickstarter, and even Amazon has a little, in the U.S. at least, they have a, uh, some sort of integration now with Kickstarter Labs. I forget the exact name of it, where they actually will start selling your stuff. And I've seen, you know, guys that have done Kickstarter campaigns and launched, you know, here's a good example. A product I looked at, private labeling, and I met the guys at a trade show, ASD Trade Show, it's a beauty product. They did a Kickstarter campaign about a year ago and raised, I don't know, 40, 50 grand to get it done, to make it. And now it's just sitting on Amazon languishing. It's not selling. Uh, you know, they're selling like five a month or something. So they don't necessarily go hand in hand. It's two different types of buyers. Just like in the old direct mail business, when you're trying to get subscriptions to a, a printed magazine, we had here these types of buyers called, it's a service called Publishers Clearinghouse. Um, is a big marketing company where they would give away a million bucks at someone's door, but their whole premise was selling magazine subscriptions. And those customers that, that entered, you know, they would they would have their mailing list that you could rent to send your own offers to, but you had to send a specific type of offer to those customers. It's not the same as if you've got a, another magazines mailing list and send an offer to them it's the same thing with Kickstarter and Amazon you got very distinct markets I mean eBay buyers are completely different than Amazon buyers mm-hmm. um, and so so are Kickstarter buyers so there is some crossover there, there's no doubt uh, but uh, and it, if you can get it to, to fund on Kickstarter and get the money you know to develop it and get it and you're not losing money uh, and then take it to Amazon and get some additional sales that's great um, but yeah um, there's always going to be innovation. There's always there's going to be some new platform coming up. I mean, the latest big trend in the crowdfunding is crowdfunding inventory. I mean, there's sites popping up right now, and even in the Amazon space, that specialize in crowdfunding uh, inventory. You know, instead of having to go to a bank or something, individual people can put in 100 to up to five grand and help you get your inventory, and then you give them a return. You don't actually give you don't them have the any product. any links
0: or any platforms to, 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 to the crowdfunding inventory sites here. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah I've, I've participated in a couple of them I, I try almost everything out there um, but yeah there's there's one called kick further and there's one called bonolo um, that are both good for, for that I mean and they, they bet you you know you got you can't be a new seller just starting out saying hey I need 10 grand you know I want to launch my my barbecue glove I mean but if you if you're already on Amazon and you've got a good track record and a good seller rating and stuff um then those can be good places to go uh, um, but there's a whole nother college there's, there's hundreds of them out there that do these specialized loans um you know deal struck out of san diego specializes in amazon lines of credit um, for big vendors and stuff but like you said at the beginning nobody ever talks about they always talk about the fun stuff they never talk about the behind the scenes behind the scenes uh, of what you got to do to the, keep this the business.
0: Exactly. The, exactly
1: the engine and the fuel that it the takes to, if, exactly. you, if you really want to grow it now if you just want to make some side money and you can keep your regular job and and you want some vacation money or some college education money for your kids you know, you can do a small time and make good money. I mean, to be honest, if you do it that way, if you if you do that approach, there's no better investment out there, really, uh, than Amazon. Because you can take, I think I saw someone do this uh, recently on a podcast uh, where they, they sh- demonstrated that if you take ten thousand invest $10,000 in Amazon in a product, you don't take a dime of it out. And you're able to turn that, that inventory four times a year. So you're basically having to do reorders four times a year.
0: Every you check. can
1: turn that yeah, you can turn that ten grand in like three years into two hundred and something thousand dollars
0: of if you do it capital. right. So yeah.
1: if you just, so there are if you, and I'm seeing more people that are treating this business not as a as an investment, and I think you're going to see more of that happen down the way here, where people are going to start treating it more but as investment. You can only
0: have I, a I think on of working capital, you can then sell the business with the working capital on the side. And you know, mm-hmm. have a, a significant lump sum of of cash,
1: right? But the key on selling the business is a lot of people aren't going to buy your Amazon business. Some suckers will, uh, but most people aren't going to come in and buy an Amazon business. They want to. That's too much, too many eggs in one basket. They want a well-rounded. So if your goal is to get into this and build a brand and sell it, you've got to do something off of Amazon. Use Amazon as your launch pad. It may contribute most of your money in the beginning, yeah. but you've got to develop stuff off of that so that if Amazon crashed down. Uh, or Amazon kicked you off or 20 other people started knocking you off on Amazon you're still okay Okay. and people will invest in that business they will buy that business but you're not gonna find too many people that will buy an Amazon only business
0: an Amazon only business yeah yeah any savvy business person would, would, would see it's too risky okay let's let's move on to the second point you made which is about you finding your Facebook audiences and I was like so Obviously, you need two things to get to build out a a Facebook audience. One of two things one is either the email address where you upload it to Facebook and you start to see the audience, you know, demographics, or you're driving them to a website and you're just tracking their visits and um, you're saving every single visitor to that website in your audience. What are you doing?
1: I do both. I mean, the first thing you should do right now, if you have your own website, uh, even if it's just sitting there, and it, you need to go put a pixel on it. Go sign up for Facebook and put, get the pixel code. It's a little bit of HTML that you stick in the header uh, of your pages, and do even if you have no idea what the hell you're going to do with it. Do that right now. Don't you stop. Pause the podcast. Go do that, and then come back and listen to the rest, uh, because that's the most you you need to know who those customers are, and there's no better way. The future is in retargeting. The future of marketing right now is in in Facebook and other places that are doing the retargeting. And so... Facebook I've looked at Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, all the different marketing platforms and I tried to learn a little bit about each and I said, you know what, I'm not gonna waste my time with any of these others. There are people that are successful with Pinterest or successful with Instagram, but I'm like, look, Facebook is where the people are, it's where the data is, and I've been in direct marketing for twenty five years and to be honest it blows my mind what you can do on Facebook. How how much you can target people and what you can do. Now you can't just go in and start running ads on Facebook and think you're going to start making money you're going to lose your ass i mean there are ways you got to do it and you got to target it properly but to do that amazon is a great to answer your question amazon's a great launching pad to do that and so you can x their software out there uh, like hello profit and managed by stats and there's several others celex and that will actually download your data from amazon so you can i do it every month I, i download all my orders from Amazon it breaks it out by who ordered which product and so forth and then I create Facebook audiences with that so I will import those into Facebook and uh, well, you don't Amazon have the email
0: you, sorry sorry but Amazon doesn't give me email addresses how do you
1: Now, there's three ways you can do it on Facebook the three easiest ways to create an audience on Facebook one is by phone number and so Amazon up. I, I haven't checked my last file at the end of this month, but someone told me they quit giving phone numbers because people were, Amazon sellers were, were calling and, and spamming people on the phone trying to get reviews and stuff. But, so Amazon was, um, I have to double check still if they're still doing it, providing phone numbers. And so I would go into those phone numbers and you have to do some massaging because at least here in the States, they don't always put the, the country code in, in the beginning. So I would have to massage the data a little bit and put the one or if it's UK, oh, well. put the 44 or whatever. Then I import that into a Facebook audience. Um, and and it'll hit us about a 50 to 70% match rate. And then I, I use a service like Managed by Stats and they have what's called reverse append. And what you do is you send send them these orders, and they use the the people's street address. Um, and there's big data companies here that have these massive databases. If you ever entered a giveaway, or you ever enter, bought something on from a catalog or whatever, they they pull this data, and they match you up. And so I can get about 40 to 45 percent of my customers' real email addresses by doing this. It costs me about 10 cents a name. Um, and I get it back in like two days. So then I import those real email addresses of about 40 to 50% of the list into, into Facebook. So that get, gets my number up a little bit higher. It matches a few people who had a different phone number or, or whatever. And then you can also import the actual first name, last name, um Address and zip code, I think, are four of the fields you can import into Facebook too. Okay. Uh, so you import those, and that gets you a little bit more people. So at the end of the day, if you got a thousand customers on Amazon, you might be able to match seven hundred to eight hundred of them on Facebook.
0: Fantastic.
1: And so then what you do, I do it. Take it a step further. I do, I have those audiences by brand. I have them by product. So within a brand, so there's a separate audience, and then multi-buyers, like on my dog treats that I have, I want to know who's over and over that's the real good customers because mm-hmm. they keep buying them over and over so I have another audience of multi buyers and you can use your data from that you download to do all that and then you create what's up.
0: do you incentivize them with like offers on Facebook to yeah I to, to your yeah, Amazon listing or to your website what, what would you do?
1: Um, well right now I'm I am sending them to Amazon uh, when I incentivize them with offers because I'm trying to grow the Amazon side. I mean, yeah, you could send so well. to your own website, um, and you might make a little extra money there, you know, because you don't have to give Amazon all the fees. But I, I'm, I'm of the thought that I'd rather send them right now to Amazon until I'm consistently ranked, you know, number three on page one for my keywords. It's I need about that little sales boost. Velocity
0: at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it's boosting your sales velocity. Amazon gives you a little bit of love. I have noticed when I quit a Facebook ad. Um, a, f- a few days to a week later, I might drop a couple spots in the rankings. And as soon as I even if my sales, sales stay the same, and as soon as I start sending traffic again, I, I go up a couple more spots. So there's something in some sort of juice in their algorithm that gives you some sort of little love for sending outside traffic. Um, so, so I do that, and then I create lookalike audiences. You can take your audience of of you know the more you have the better but then you create what's called a look-alike audience and those people that matches all their demographics their buying patterns and those are like out of the US a one lookalike audience is like two million people so you can take your thousand people and say create tell me find me two million more people like these thousand and they'll use all their sophisticated algorithms to say okay here's two million more people that are very similar in, in all kinds of traits and demographics and, and buying patterns and likes and whatever to your people and then you use those two million and you refine those down based on several other filters to get maybe half a million of them that are prime customers for your product. And then you do certain things the way – I can't tell you everything because we teach this in Illuminati Mastermind. Uh, but we you do certain things the Illuminati way – yeah
0: because this is all ninja stuff really.
1: <laughs> and then you teach – you do certain ways to advertise on Facebook – where you can, I can advertise and reach people for half a penny a piece, and I can get clicks to Amazon for five to ten cents a piece. And there's ways to track it without using affiliate codes or without uh, doing things. There's there's a whole series of things you can do, and I get six to on some products, you know, between a six and ten to fifteen percent conversion rate on the clicks over to Amazon. So in one way, that's that's a pretty good, you know, it's profitable. Uh, it's it's just like spending money on sponsored ads, but. The thing I like about Facebook is it's push versus pull. On on Amazon or Google keywords, you have to pull the people in. They have to come and find you. Exactly. So if,
0: exactly, if, if I
1: know if I know you like dogs, I have to wait for you to decide. Hey, I want a new dog bowl. Type Let me out. go to exactly. type it in Google, type it in 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 Amazon, and then I got however many other people I'm competing with to try to make my dog ball stand out and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great thing. But on Facebook, I can say, Hey, I know you like dogs. Do you know what? I got this kick ass dog ball that you should check out. And you're not looking for a dog ball right now. But I put up a customer testimonial or I put up a good ad or I do whatever and you see it and you're like, you know what? That is pretty damn cool. I'm gonna go Check this out on Amazon, and the other reason to send them to Amazon, especially if this is cold traffic that don't know you from Adam. You're not Purina or one of these big dog brands. You know they they don't know your you know your name's Tom Tom's Dog Store. They don't know who Tom's Dog Store is. So if you send them to your own website, some of these people are like, eh, I don't know.
0: But if they go if they
1: convert to Amazon, on Amazon they already got their credit card in there. They know who Amazon. They trust it. Most people don't understand how Amazon works like we do. We know we're FBA and we third-party sellers and this and that. Most people they go on Amazon and they're like, "It's Amazon, you know. I trust them." So you're playing off, you're piggybacking off of that credibility that Amazon spent billions to build. So that's another reason I sent it there. But it can work very well, and there's lots of ways to test. And you don't got to spend a lot of money. You can spend a hundred bucks testing several different ads, see which picture works best, which copy works best, and I even do that for some of my Amazon stuff. I mean, I will run ads. If I can't decide what my main picture is going to be, I mean, there's software like Splitly and several that do this now and then run these split tests out there on your Amazon listings, but you can do it on Facebook faster and easier. You can go and you can actually see, um, run 10 10 different pictures you're considering for your main page. And even if you're not trying to make sales, even if you're like, I don't care if, you know, these make sales, use it for market research and see which of those 10 pictures gets the most clicks. Right. Is in the highest conversion. And that's the picture you need to move over onto Amazon. So there's all kinds of stuff you can do um, with it. And, I mean, eventually some of those, so some of that traffic I'll redirect, you know, to other places. Um, uh, and it's easy to switch it. I mean, I set them all up. I send them through a redirect. So I can pixel them. They don't. They go. I don't use. There's a lot of people that use these squeeze pages. Where like, ah, if I'm gonna go from Facebook, I'm gonna send them to
0: you. Offer them a squeeze, coupon page, squeeze, squeeze Offer them
1: a coupon. Get their email address. Then send them to Amazon. And the theory behind most of those people is one, they want the email address, which most of those people, if you're giving them a heavy discount, 50%, 80%, that email address, it goes back to what I said earlier about the publisher's clearinghouse example. Those aren't your customers. Ah, uh, the people paying. And if you're giving a 10 or 20 percent discount, those are good. But it's a barrier. It's an extra step. They got to stop. They got to enter their name and email address. They got to wait for the email to come back, then go to Amazon. You're you're killing all the impulse. And so I'm like, screw that. I'll I send them straight. And I mean, people are like, oh, that's the, gonna, the that's premises, gonna kill my conversion rates. That's yeah. gonna kill my conversion rate. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a, your overall conversion rate is not very important on Amazon. People always say, oh, I'm looking at the back, I got 5% or 20%. That's great. But it's it's relative. So I can have a, a product that has a 5%, a 3% conversion rate overall. And on Amazon, you know, everybody else in my category has a 10%. Right. But on the prime keywords I'm going after, I'm on page one. Because I convert on those keywords at 30%. Amazon doesn't give you this data, uh, but I'm on page one. Why is that? Because I convert on those keywords. They don't care about your overall so much as they do about what is relative to me um, and and the, 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 the customer that's searching. And so I don't worry about that conversion right there. And some of those people, if you send them through an affiliate link, or then you might make money you know they, they buy some underwear or they buy a book or they buy something else and you make money off of that too which so there's and that can help cover the cost of your advertising there's all kinds of things you can do i could go on to this in a lot of detail, but I can't tell you everything, but yes, there's, a right. <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity out there that you just got to think outside the box and don't just follow the, don't get in line behind the drummer boy that's telling you this. this is what you got to do. You, I mean, you got to be a real entrepreneur and think An experiment. and
0: experiment. It's all about experiment. experimentation. I
1: mean, I've lost probably. 50, I mean, the way I look at it, we talked about money earlier. I haven't made a dime. I mean, I've done a million and a half plus on Amazon and we said you know it's about $300,000 profit but I haven't made any money. Um, I'm actually negative right now, you know, when you count in what I've invested and stuff. But the way I've looked at it is this first year, year and a half is all for learning and the in the next year, year and a half is all for earning. So I'm looking at it as an investment. I'm learning earning. I listen every 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 podcast I can. I listen, I'm on freaking webinars five times a day, you know, because sometimes it's the same old bullshit over and over and over. But occasionally, I was on one yesterday. It's like, oh, my God, I can't hear this again. But the one guy, that he said one little nugget of thing. I'm like, you know what? That's actually pretty cool. So I took that nugget. So it was worth my time of having that in the background, you know, while I'm doing some other work to get that one little nugget. So, And I've, I've experimented, like you said. I've tried Different kinds of ads, different kinds of things, different images, different doing all kinds of things, and to see what works and what doesn't. So I'm not to put my listing up and forget it. I mean, I've changed my listings. You know, one I've had the my first listing I put up in October, uh, August of last year. Yeah. I've probably changed that listing 300 times. You know, Amazon is probably looking at it, God damn, this guy's changing the thing all the time. Because I'm constantly trying to fine-tune it and figure out what works. And now I've gotten to the point where I kind of know. So going forward, new products, I'm like, okay, I need to do this. That doesn't mean I'll set it and forget it. I'll still, things are always evolving and changing. You know, the algorithm changes. New software comes out that might give you an edge on on something, you know, on misspellings or whatever it may be. So you go and make some modifications. But this is a real business, and it takes real work to develop it some people bought a winning lottery ticket and they've made it you know they're not doing anything and they just right place right time but those days are pretty much gone they're and now if, yeah. if you're a real entrepreneur and you want to grow something there's no better place
0: yeah Kevin I'm gonna invite you again to the show or we're gonna do something perhaps a webinar a show we, we need to get deeper into this Facebook thing but prior to that um. Let's do the lightning round. The lightning. I don't set any questions for my interviews, but I have a set of like evergreen questions I ask over the lightning round, and um, I just want you to take just a sentence. Just answer them with a sentence, if you if you will. Um, so I'm going to start out with about five six questions. Are you ready to go? Sure. All right. hope. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> what are your future plans?
1: Uh, my future plans are, I'm getting married next year, and so I'm working my ass off right now right. to get everything lined up so that I can spend time with my lovely new bride and not have to work 16, 18 hours a day.
0: Fantastic. Okay, I know you have no employees, but you certainly hire freelancers, so how do you hire people?
1: Um, I use for my freelance stuff is off Upwork, so I'm a designers and and any kind of stuff like that. I use Upwork primarily. I'm about to hire a VA. Uh, using probably online uh, VA or online pH or whatever it's called um, to help do some of my social media stuff and yeah. some of my research um, and that's, I mean, I look for good people that yeah. are motivated and like doing what they do.
0: No, it's phenomenal what you've been able to do with just VAs, you know, 1.5 million, you know, in, in revenue.
1: Well, I have no, VA, I have no VAs right no, now. It's no all VAs, me.
0: exactly. No, no staff. Fantastic. Okay. What are your three indispensable tools for managing your business?
1: For managing my business, my Amazon business specifically, Hello Profit would be number one. Yeah, so uh, that that would be number one. Uh, number two tool would be some. I mean, as far as the research tool, some of the keyword tools. Um, there's several of them out there. I use about six of them and pull all the data together. So those would be uh, very important tools. Uh, and the third tool uh, would be uh, what would the third tool be? Um, third tool would be using my head and thinking logically. Um, and not getting, like- not not getting too emotionally tied in any one product. It, mm. it, it's a business. It's- mm.
0: What tool did you talk about with regards to exporting Facebook? Um, like, sorry, um, not not email addresses, phone numbers from Amazon. Was it Hello Profits? You said, or yeah, Hello Pro-
1: he- Hello Profit does it, and so does Managed by Stats. Those I are two of the bigger that, ones. Okay. There's also several others, but those are two of okay. the bigger ones.
0: Okay, what's been your best mistake to date? By that, I mean your, the setback that's giving you the biggest feedback.
1: Um, the setback that's given me the biggest feedback? Yes. Um, in, uh, in business, you mean, since I've been in
0: business? Yes.
1: Um, probably declaring bankruptcy in
0: 1998. Well, how, how do... Uh, well, well I must have been tough, yeah.
1: I had a business that was going well, and uh, we... We didn't uh, pay pay what we owed to the government, so we were using that money as cash flow to grow, and yep. that caught up to me. And so, digging myself out of that um, took a little while. Um, and that that that's you know, I did fine and grew another multi-million dollar business, but that that was always there in my past. That's gone now, off my record and everything. But yeah. that that teaches you a lot.
0: Feedback, good feedback, awesome. What's your one piece of advice you give you can give to Amazoners or, you know, p- actually physical product business entrepreneurs to two x and three x and even ten x in their businesses?
1: Think like the customer. Mm. Don't think like yourself. Think. Put yourself in the shoes of the customer and look at everything through their glasses and their eyes, not through your eyes. Not and and be willing be willing to take a loss for a long term gain.
0: It's so a very, 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 very good point. You're, you're a very wise man, sir. Okay. And um, any single book or resource you could recommend to help growing a business?
1: Um, there's several that I've used in the past. Um, I, you know, guerrilla marketing is a good, good one if you're looking for ideas and tactics. You know, Jay, Jay Levinson, I think is his name, has done a series of them. Some of those will get you thinking outside the box and not just following the crowd. Um, I don't like to. F- follow the crowd. I like to think for myself. Uh, That's a good one. I mean, copywriting, like Herschel Gordon-Lewis, direct sales letters or something is really good for, like, copywriting. Uh, I'm not one of these big read books, you know, foo-foo books to, you know, be enlightened or whatever, like a lot of people are, so I can't really recommend any uh, of those, How to Find Your Inner Peace. And, exploit your friends or whatever the hell they are but, <laughs> so i'm more of a nuts and bolts scientific type of guy rather than i am a uh, happy feely everybody hug each other type of guy
0: you roll your sleeves up. <laughs> it's, it's it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show kevin um I appreciate but before it. you go um you have a mastermind program not for newbies but for amazon entrepreneurs looking to well not not necessarily just amazon physical product entrepreneurs looking to move to the next level could you expand more about it and give us more details and i'll also add links to the show notes
1: yeah, we're, it's not launched yet. I'm partners with a couple other guys on it, but we've noticed that there's a void in the market. There's a lot of people out there teaching how to start on Amazon specifically, um, or teaching click funnels, or teaching Facebook advertising, or teaching free plus shipping, or whatever you know the hottest new trend is. But there's nobody really bringing it all together. And so we're going to be bringing a lot of these different disciplines together to show you how you can... Tr- You know, it's multiple X your business by combining different disciplines and showing you different techniques. And there's a lot of people that are on Amazon. I mean, it's going to focus more towards the Amazon seller who's already started. He's doing five or she's doing five, ten, twenty grand a month. It's like, how do I go to the next level? Okay, I'm doing what the I'm supposed to do, but how do I take this to the next level? Or what are some of these? methods like what we talked about in this interview of how can I implement these? What are the specific steps? You know, I've talked generalities, but give me some examples. Show me, you know, exactly what's working so we're gonna be teaching a lot of that and it, there is an NDA required there is a vetting process so it's not you just can't sign up and pay your money uh, you do get a phone call and we do check and make sure you don't you actually are selling uh, but that's launched it's called Illuminati Mastermind and that's launching uh, at the in early November um, so if you go to IlluminatiMastermind.com you'll be able to uh, check it out um.
0: Illuminati Mastermind <laughs> okay all right fantastic I will share it on the show notes and yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure again having you on the show Kevin thank you so much
1: sure thank you glad to be oh, here okay. and okay. hope I help to your sure. audience
0: bye ta-ta